Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of Early Late Night. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Rap Esparza. Raf. It's so. Raf. 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 We've so this has happened before. Day early. You're you're. This is verbal tap. I was supposed to start the whole thing. I'm looking at the rundown right now. It says Kevin intro. Um. Really? Have you slept? When was the last time you slept? Last day you slept, Raf. More than an hour. More than an hour. I don't. Okay. Kevin, listen, yeah, I'm our, working very yeah, hard on my huge show, Early Late Night, which you guys can visit, earlylatenight.com. If you love this show, and by all means, I've heard your responses. It's tepid. We get it. But if you love <laughs> this show, you can go over and listen and watch me. Uh, we're doing a revamp of Early Late Night. Kevin, I have a green screen. You have put some professionalism in this and frankly i think that's been most evident by the fact that uh you're working back with your team in la people that are professionals they know what they're doing this is not some rinky deek working with people in denver operation this is a strictly in the biz situation early late night you can get everything you're going to be dancing you do some fantastic parodies thank you you're going to be talking about everything headline wise right sort of just Reingratiating that late night series. Yeah, I mean, I here's the thing. It was always a topical news show, and much like in the way that this is a topical late night vibe. Hold on, Rap. Of, much yes. like this is a show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage. It's verbal tap. Go ahead. Hey, we started. The show has started. Thank you. Kevin acts like he gets paid for every time he says that. <laughs> I definitely like, that's don't. Buffer way of being like I found out this week Bruce Buffer gets a hundred k per UFC event so yeah homeboys well were it. real excited to yell out it's time to cash this check motherfucker that's my uh, man I love it that's why he's he's there and he's dressed to the nines everyone no one doubted but that is a that is a real number everyone's yeah. quickly thinking like hmm. Is yeah. it worth a hundred k every time? You know what? Not gonna. Hey, he's crushing it. Yeah. So yeah, no, we we're bringing back the show. It's revamped, and like I said, Kev, I, I've never had to do acting on green screens all that much, let alone for my own talk show. So I did a whole bunch of that today, and it's interesting because there are moments where you say things to your staff like, "So am I just a floating body?" <laughs> and I say this respectfully. Yeah. Your mentor in the show that you worked at, Jay Leno, who's much more of a traditionalist. And technology is such yeah. that he probably did very little green screen. Oh, the Jay's likes, ventures in green screens were as minimal as possible. The guy likes putting together engines. That's as hands-on as it gets. So not yeah. much on the, yeah, put me in a fake scene in Paris. That's not him. So yeah. to, to that point, this is this is interesting territory. Yeah, so it's a lot of uh, learning on the go. I mean, it looks phenomenal. My set looks great. It does. Um, it definitely is going to be uh, something brand new for, I think, a lot of people to see. Because uh, you guys, you know, the stuff that I've done at my house has always been fun. And, uh, you know, filming out on a green screen with lights. Like, the minute you buy lights, you go, oh, I'm trying now. Oh, Okay. Uh, and then, you know, doing all the, the fun stuff, which is uh, the bookings and uh, the writing of the bits. So this is an Oscar recap show. We're going to talk a little bit about the Oscars here, but I want to save it for the actual early late night show. I'll tell you this much. Kev, 
you sent one thing to me today about the show, and normally you have a lot of thoughts. Or at I, least and I do have a lot of thoughts. I save okay. them. But when you sent me the one, I felt it couldn't have been great as a sign for a host. What was the note you sent me? See, I think we're going to immediately disagree on the performance of the host. By the way, welcome to Verbal Tap. We're going to talk about fighting for sure. We have Matt Scaff back Oh, they on know where rocks. they're at. We're talking like, Oscars first. Who's just is like, like <laughs> I'm so confused. Is this early late night or not? <laughs> because I, I've never listened to an episode. I think it's time we kept the audience in more of an air of suspense anyway. I would mm-hmm. listen to a lot of Up and Vanished. Trust me. That's where it's air of. They don't, they don't know what we're coming back with. Look, I sent you a love the jet ski bit. And here's why I sent it. I loved the running joke of it. I love that people had an immediate thing that they could go to and say a joke off of. And you noticed multiple times. It, it just empowered the audience to be more funny. And that's what I think Jimmy Kimmel brings to these shows. I have a question for you at some point when we sure. get here, which is why is he hosting two years in a row? So when a network has the ability to insert their host, they do it. Now, the Oscars have always been weird because – for years, they pretend like Jimmy Kimmel wasn't a thing. Uh, his ratings always kind of surged and went up slowly but surely. Uh, but they would get Neil Patrick Harris, uh, John Stewart, literally everybody but Jimmy Kimmel. And now they're at the phase where they go, eh, you know, maybe he can do his thing. And I thought last year Jimmy Kimmel was fine. I thought this year is kind of, uh, but your jet ski note is to be well taken. Granted, higher degree of difficulty this year because lots of shit you could have as landmines. I, I thought, oh, no. I thought that especially about his intro. I thought yeah. his intro was reflective of people don't want a song and dance about how amazing Hollywood is. That's that's how I took it. They want a pretty gutty, you know, I'm going to bring this on old Hollywood style while mocking it, which is what I thought he did. And I, to me, I really like Jimmy Kimmel because at no time is he forcing things on me. I thought the problem when Fallon hosted was it was 11 minutes of really electric entertainment and then nothing else. And then nothing yeah. else. Not another thing the rest of the evening. Not an interesting moment. Not an interesting tidbit. Kimmel's good every – he's good the whole time. He's the same and he hits and misses and he's really good at roasting people. He is consistent. His best note is being uh, a roaster, but he didn't really get to roast anybody yesterday because, again, landmine Oscars. So it's like, oh, shit. Uh, Is this diverse? Is this sexist? I did see your commentary, Uh, and I would like to plug it. If you're ever watching these events, Raph is such a fun portion because even Vicky and I were like bouncing Raph's comments off each other, which is his (laughs) unintended or intended goal. We weren't necessarily participating on social media. We're both picking up our phones just because it cracks us up when Raph's tearing through comments. <laughs> and they're not necessarily something we would have thought of, which is what we're looking for in commentary, which is something you're never going to find from Ryan Seacrest or E. And specifically, you posted Helen Mirren. And here's where we can all come together. <laughs> She's so fucking funny. Stroking a jet ski is <laughs> just like, what? I'm not one of the most talented people. In the- I don't need this. I'm just promoting this jet ski. She crushed a it. Fucking dame. She deserves <laughs> your respect. That's all I am trying to communicate. And I feel that sometimes when I write a lot of words, I go, nope, Helen fucking Mirren. Mirren. 
And I feel it communicates all of those words and more. I want to bring up a couple of these because some of you guys may put these on the ignore, and I don't care. Some of you are deeply concerned because you want to make sure that you get all of them. And sometimes Facebook's algorithm might put some other poor unfortunate soul in front of me. But here it is. I'm going to need you assholes to stand for every year you overlooked Roger Deakins's amazing work in film. This is beyond overdue. Roger Deakins is a cinematographer who has done impeccable work for the Shawshank Redemption, the man who wasn't there, the assassination of, uh, what is it, uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. It, like, just amazing works that sometimes have eclipsed the movies they've been in. And I had one person in there, and... This was one of my favorite notes. It goes, I wouldn't get too worked up about it. Winning an Oscar is mostly a game into itself, separate from the more interesting question of aesthetic film merit. No one cares, dude. I just want to point this out. The reason I respond to stuff like this is I hope that people understand. I get a great sense of cheering for people on the Oscars like you do your local sports teams because – I like to see people get acknowledged for their work. I know it's a fucked up thing that I seem to enjoy year after year. And yeah, I got my opinions. Like Guillermo del Toro, amazing dude. Uh, Such passionate. Pan's Labyrinth, amazing film. Would I watch a film of his before Christopher Nolan? No. Do I think he deserves an Oscar? Yes. Have you seen Am I going to go? I didn't see The Shape of Water, no. I haven't either yet. I want to, and I like him. I'm just saying, <laughs> as a consistent, you go you all the way through. It it's the dude <laughs> who makes – well, listen, I get it that it's kind of like – especially when you're at home, you hear the the note of, oh, well, The Shape of Water, that sounds like a very artsy thing. What's that movie about? Um, it's basically like Splash, but they kind of fuck. Wait, what? Yeah, like the lady, she's deaf, and like she wants to get it on with the fish – and like they want to do it uh fuck what was i gonna say it was also like yeah it has like that sort of big fish cross-pollination uh, yeah okay we're, i'm just saying that if you're a conservative listening to this and you have no desire to see or hear anything else you start to get into that weird argumentation where it just kind of makes you feel not comfortable enough so you say something like that's a slippery slope <laughs> okay just want to make sure that we put that out there anyway so when i get comments like this um it's fun to respond to people but my wife at one point looked at me she's like who are you arguing with right now and i was like it's not even an argument it's just telling this guy wants to shit on the oscars because as much as people don't like the oscars they love telling you how much they hate it which is its own fun thing to get involved so yeah i cheer and i i get excited for people because i feel like people like man gary ullman He's been one of the best parts of a million movies. His Commissioner Gordon should have gotten nine Oscars. His uh, fucking Sid and Nancy, yeah, his true romance is there, there, there. You posted his definitive role, which is super funny. As <laughs> Him the, in the fifth element, yeah. As the villain in fifth <laughs> yes. element. When he starts bleeding from that helmet, everybody's like, yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I get I mean, the dude just, he was doing it. And Dude's he good. basically He's took good. a movie where he goes, wait, you want me to put on a fat suit and really go for the most Oscar bait movie of all time? Gross. And you know what I say to that, Kev? Do it. Oh, okay. Win that fucking Oscar. But also, gross. 
just because. Yeah, I mean, fat suit is whatever, dude. He didn't turn it into like the nutty professor, which <laughs> was something that we joked about at the house because there was some writer who I think today missed opportunity. I just want to say. When I heard the fat suit and we were writing it out, I just go, man, I started thinking about Eddie Murphy playing Winston Churchill. And then somebody said, what about uh, Tyler Perry? And I go, oh, Lordy, Lord, it's terrible in here. And just being like, that would be amazing, too. I would watch that movie as well. Medea Churchill. Don't worry. It came out on Blu-ray while we were recording this. (laughs) It already is out. So anyway, if you like uh, comments like that, I've got plenty more at early late night. Plus, we do some recreations and, you know, a lot of fun nonsense. But Kev, Kev, let's get to some MMA talk because I know these people will want to go to earlylatenight.com well, if they're not already. There. They're already, no, rap. they've already plugged it into their browser, they pulled their car over, or they just rammed it into a pole and were like, gotta get to early late night. All are acceptable and reasonable. Mm. Here's what I want to say, though. I got to train in some north-south jiu-jitsu underwear. Mm. Finally. The birds are chirping. I'm not just using it on my maxi climber unapologetically and unclimactically. Now I can use my north-south jiu-jitsu underwear in its full gripping hip glory. I look like an NBA player the way I strap up right now. But that's not north-south jiu-jitsu underwear's fault. You know what else isn't north-south jiu-jitsu underwear's fault? That Rafael Lovato Jr. loves them. Mm. No, that could have gone bad. It wasn't. I swear I was going to take a professional turn when we started this ad. I told you I was going to. At that moment, to acknowledge that you were having some word fails, um, as if it was like a recent thing. But that whole promo from the moment you said North South Jiu Jitsu underwear. I have been uh, a pile of nerves on the other side of this because I've seen you take more twists and turns than a highlight magazine maze, and it's making me very nervous for you. It should. Granted, that's fair. I started that. That's on me. When you start and it sounds like you're going to say maxi pad, and then you kind of go another route of being like, and I love the support of it, and nothing makes me feel more flow-tastic, and I'm like, oh, okay. That's awkward, but you do you, Kev. I can't emphasize how much I didn't take it in that direction. Uh, it was pretty close. And like I said, even if you didn't go there fully, the the comic hamster wheel in my head is turning and I go, oh, don't. Just let him do it. Just let him, let him keep going. So we're going to Tobias this. Can I say the comedic uh, hamster wheel in your head is just, it's Michael Jackson, (laughs) like somewhat ish. (laughs) Just in a wheel of comedic jokes, pressing them, bouncing them, bow, take a bow. He he does a lot of pointing and jumping at the same time. It's yeah. uh, and he dies like the same way he does on the Smooth Criminal, uh, Moonwalker, uh, video game where like Michael Jackson in that video game when you kill him, and you end up having to like revive him, you hear him make the following sound. Like some criminal will punch him, and you go. Like, that's how Michael Jackson dies on that game. That's not a lie. Go look Ooh. it up. <laughs> Don't worry. Everyone, again, they've stopped typing in early, late night because they're finished with that. And now they're typing in. Don't placate people as if that's not one of the best dance-themed bastardizations of MTV generation video games ever made. Just I'll saying. D- I'll do my best, but let's just end the North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear debate. Right here and now with 
you know, no, no advertiser of the show has ever taken Raph and I down more exploratory paths than our friends at North South Jiu Jitsu Underwear. Raph, we're going to talk, 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 talk to me too. And okay. that there was a real missed opportunity for this to have been what the Baywatch movie saved. And then they maybe both could have flourished. Instead, they failed yeah. independently with terrible plots. Let's head on over. Let's bring Matt Scaff back and let's rock some UFC. I watched all but the end of the Struvarlovsky fight. That's right. Focused detail because I had a bet with one of Northern Alabama's finest, which is kind of a compliment. Raph, these were uh, not stunning results for the UFC in terms of fights, but we have our friend Matt back, and I'm I'm excited to get into this. Raph, how were your overall impressions? Just give us a grade. Mm, I don't want to give it a grade. Okay, I feel like that's rude. Well, you said this before. I am curious. Price this one for me. Let's all three do that. <laughs> let's okay. let's uh, get. What would you pay for this card? Um, I would have paid because I thought about it. If you break it down right now, it's what fifty five dollars and then sixty four for HD. That sounds right. That's what it's running about, right? Okay. So then I thought, man, that's like eleven bucks or so per fight, which breaks down to about five fifty per fighter. I would have pieced together like seventeen fifty for this card. <laughs> I, I don't hate that number. I also like the fifty. Okay, chiseled jaw tenth planeter, Matt Scaff, back by popular demand from the northern Alabama listeners. Matt, how are you this evening? Uh I'm doing well, guys. Um just got done doing some training. And uh, and now I'm getting to hang out with two of my favorite people in the world, Raph and Kev. So oh. doing good, man. And I watched the I watched every fight except the last two. Um, and I man, nobody's ever asked this question. Before. This is gonna be my go-to. I'm gonna steal this from you guys. I love that. Like, how much would you have paid for this card? Never. I've never heard anybody say that um, after the fact, especially. I paid uh, my weekly bills. Watched it ten bucks. I felt like ten bucks. I mean, I, I'm very very pay ten bucks. If I had to pay twenty, I wouldn't have been happy. So, ten bucks off there. Ten bucks. Okay. Well, I'm actually looking at one of your more recent seminars where it's only forty bucks from ten a.m. to noon. And if I'm thinking of a way to spend money, I'm gonna follow. I like that you two have both super lowballed it. You know what? Twenty five dollars because it's certainly not exploring the butterfly guard with Matt Scaff at the Rogue Combat <laughs> Club on April 7th. But it still does sound like a very good time in terms of getting to watch Frankie Edgar versus T-City. That's the one I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll bump it up. Uh, maybe 25. This was an okay card. Raph, I want to point of order, everybody. Okay. <laughs> this is the person who now gets the whole armchair quarterback Hindsight is my best friend, Kevin Phillips. That should be your nickname because you now get the beauty of saying, I don't know, I kind of like this card. Whereas some last week, you yeah. were on one on this card. I was. And I'm not making that aggressive. up. I'm not trying to hide anything. <laughs> I'm letting you guys know that's where Kevin was. And at one point, Kevin was telling me off air, why are we doing this? 
And he didn't mean the podcast. It didn't mean our friendship. It was. It was implied. Those two things Raph, are, they're always implied whenever Raph and I are having a conversation. It's just why are we doing this emphasis, this card? And I'm like, Kev, we have to. We do our thing. You know, we cover the UFC, we cover everything. We try to give everything a little bit of a fair and balanced sort of look and kevin just goes but do we have to and to be (laughs) very firm is that i did very well consider his point is it ingrained in our fabric maybe raps maybe not so much mine i don't know matt seems like he's got some integrity which is fine however kevin coming back now and being like (laughs) you know t city he's my boy he so, was fun to watch. But that Kevin, was... can I can I ask a question? Because we have a mythical unicorn on the line with us. Uh, Kevin and I, we've lived through a lot through UFC. It's in our blood. I know it's in your blood as well for MMA. But Scaff, you now are the person who falls asleep when a card is happening. I have the benefit of Pacific Coast time. So I'm not good. Like, I'm committed. This thing's going to be yeah. over by 10 p.m. for me. But you fell asleep with the last two to go. I don't get to talk to many people who do that. But I know they exist because pay-per-view numbers were down, allegedly, and ratings were meh. So how do you come to that decision, and when do you know it's time to let it go? It's really simple. So when you're uh, closer to the East Coast, you know, when you're on this Eastern or Central time zone, you kind of you look at the card, and you kind of pick out three fights. You're, you know, you're not expecting, especially doing so many cards now, that you're you're expecting at least, okay, at least these three fights, they're, they're going to justify me staying up and watching it. And so usually the first fight happens, okay, and depending on how that goes, it kind of gets you more pumped for the next one, all right? First fight happens, you know, I'm, I'm, I am excited to see, um, you know, my first fight. I really wanted to see Mackenzie Dern's debut. I really wanted to see it, um, and you know, I'm not, I don't know want to. Eh, I didn't get me pumped for the next one. All right, let's just say that. I went to a decision. I thought it was a really boring fight. I thought she could have lost that uh, pretty easily, um, but you know, she definitely won. Uh, getting the back obviously sealed the deal for her. But it's still a split decision. Then the second one, Arlovsky, Strew was okay. You know, it had some some fun moments. But when you're looking to, am I going to commit and stay up past midnight? All right. Look, Alabama boys, we get up early, you know. Church is on Sunday. Some, a lot of us, a lot of the Southerners, we go to church. Got to wake up. Point of order, did you go to church up. the next morning? I didn't. But <laughs> I'm just saying. That okay. into the decision. There's tons of reasons yeah. people get up, Raph. He was just giving us a few that one I just want to point out. Like, I just want to point out, and I want to make it very clear to our listeners, I know there are starving people in Africa. However, I don't put that bullshit on you when I'm like, um, you know, are you going to finish that? Because there are starving people in Africa. I just say, yo, I'm hungry. Can I have that? Just be on the real with us. That's all I ask, Scaff. If you're going to be a church-going human being, and by all means, do you. But don't tell me you're going to go to church if you're just literally going, uh, Mm, mm -mm. yeah i'm not uh 
That's all. So okay, I have now, a way more liberal version of church than Raf does. I have fully. What, what is your liberal version of? of he could have gone Kev. to the Waffle House. I don't give a shit. It For sounds real. like he trained. Maybe he thought about doing yoga. Counts. Church. That's that's just yeah. Spiritual. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so now we get his perspective, which I think is important because. Again, we mentioned some people do fall asleep. Well, hold on. Can I also hmm. let's compare it? Let's do our continued favorite game. Uh, He falls asleep right after the O'Malley Sukumoth foot disaster that admittedly did take forever. Dana White, Raf, you shared the article. Dana White caught watching boxing. Yeah. Front row. Now, is he multitasking or is he potentially one of the world's top five worst CEOs? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember what fight he was watching it during? Because they said it was during a specific fight. I think it might have been the Arlovsky fight. I'll have to go back and double check. But I might have tuned out too for a little bit. The cue ball. Defense. It's like eh, the cue ball, aka the the bald father, is he's in a little <laughs> place of being perplexed at the moment. And we can come back and circle around to that. However, Kev, I want to delve a little bit deeper into the the mindset of one Matt Scaff because it's important to understand where he's coming from. So you were willing to give up on watching a cyborg, but were you at all maybe encouraged by the T-City fight? Oh, wait, you didn't see it. So when something like that happens the next day, like what goes through your mind? Do you have any regrets when you see something as significant as happened as uh, Frankie Edgar getting knocked out for the first time in the UFC? The the key is, is that you have to, and it's funny because everyone always goes, man, you know, if you were going to miss any two fights, right, you wouldn't want to miss the last two cyborg and T city, you know, mm-hmm. But the key is when you miss those moments, when you miss those, you know, and again, in my opinion, that uppercut was, I mean, one of the most devastating uppercuts I've ever seen. But obviously I had to watch it after the fact. But when you miss those moments, all right, you have to downplay the significance. All right. Anything important like that happens, you just sell out on, look, eh, you know, I guess that was a good fight. It wasn't a title fight, though. You know, you find a way to kind of make it as not as significant, but I guess live on the air, I can say, dude, that uppercut was one of the best uppercuts I've ever seen. Am I sad? I missed it. Of course, but I'm letting, you know, the listeners out there, if you ever do fall asleep, that's what you got to do. And then your buddies will get it. I get it. Last second shot, but eh, it wasn't the title game. I get it. You're totally, uh, CJ Craig on the streets and a Kellyanne Codway in the sheets. Understandable. (laughs) It all makes sense. (laughs) Raph's most applicable political pun yet. By the way, that one's that one's gonna stick. That'll be our next step. Let's name the podcast that. One hundred percent. There are a lot of fights to dive into. You have already spoiler alerted what I think is the most exciting. Well, we call I to continue my bloviating on my armchair quarterbacking. Edgar Ortega was the most exciting fight. That was. Extremely obvious by how little Kunitskaya was able to not get punched directly when Cyborg hit her. Cyborg didn't have to aim. She was just like, I'll punch. And she'll turn her head like Mayweather in the Mayweather-McGregor fight. We'll be fine. Um, And unlike boxing, you cannot do that. That will lead to bad things. Quick end on that fight. 
as we all kind of predicted. And of course, Cyborg pops up. She wants to fight Nunez after. I, can I ask the two of you? And this is where it gets super confusing and hard for me to follow. Did, Cyborg, we, there was a steroid scandal, right? A long time ago, yes. How long ago? Mm, I want to say it's like six years ago, but okay. I will do some investigating. Uh, Scaff? Yeah, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, in Cyborg, all the hype was happening. Um, and before pre-UFC, it was like, you know, everyone was all over Ronda Rousey. thought Ronda Rousey was the greatest, you know, fighter that's ever lived. And people were, you know, especially more people in the know, like, no, there's this girl named Cyborg out there. And my understanding, I thought she had tested positive even like three years ago. But maybe, I know she had a false test positive, right? Is that, I think that's what happened. She tested positive, but then it ended up being like a tainted supplement or something like that. And I think so, that. Here's sure what I got for y'all. Uh, my timing couldn't be more on because it says in December of 2011, Chris Cyborg Justino, then Santos, tested positive for Stanazol, or as I like to call it, Stanzol LOL, an anabolic steroid commonly used as a performance enhancing drug, despite being banned by the International Association of Athletics. Boring, boring, boring. Uh, California Athletics suspended one year finder two hundred fifty. Or I'm sorry, twenty five hundred. Which, by the way, some of these fines make sense why the fighters keep doing it. Because if you find them about twenty five hundred, I understand that's MMA a lot of money. But you go, hey, yo, can you pay like twenty five hundred dollars? <laughs> yeah, dude, one hundred percent. I can make that money. So here you go. I'm done. Can I do more steroids? Yup. So. Yeah, I think what it said is the fact that she apparently, because this is the article, it's written by Vice, so you know it's super factual. Words. Probably. It says, stop talking about Cyborg's one positive steroid test. And yet there's not really uh, a major set of arguments here, although it does paint Cyborg as Medusa in the artwork, so there's that. Continue <laughs> on and I'll read a little bit more as we go along. Well, one, she got $500,000 on Saturday. To fight someone that was unpictured on the UFC website the week before. Took the fight on three weeks' notice. So we're not at all being egregious here. Gone are the days of the Rousey Misha Tate matchups where you have seasoned fighters getting in the cage. They found Kunitskaya and they were like, ah, great. <laughs> Sounds good. You'll do. And, you know, seems like a very talented fighter. I think she has a bright future ahead of her. She couldn't not get punched in the face by Chris Cyborg. Edgar versus Ortega. Well, let me flip to. I, I do want to make a little quick thing on the cyborg thing, Kev, though. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, I just feel. And you guys can tell me if you're different on this one. Every time she does a post match interview, I start immediately saying along with her. In the same way that you would sing a song with somebody. Hey, yeah, okay, you guys. All right, so good. Like, <laughs> to a T. If you don't start, hey, you guys, okay, yeah, thank you so much. To, uh, I love you. Uh, then you might as well not be doing the UFC correctly, in my opinion. Uh, could... I have to say something, and this is, might sound awful, but I feel like this is the place to share this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, a real sake for one of my favorite space. prefaces in a while. Go on. <laughs> yeah, but what? I, and this is just, in all honesty, every time I see Cyborg, I can only think one thing. All right, 
she looks like Goro from Mortal Kombat. And that might sound really mean, but if you put up a picture of Goro and Cyborg side by side, I mean, I'm not saying that they look similar, but they look similar. And I can't, that's the only thing I can see. So, um, yeah, there we go. Especially in the, you know, let's, let's rephrase this in the next (laughs) remaking of the Mortal Kombat movie. I think we have a great candidate for Goro. It's inclusive. It's trajectory of where Hollywood's headed. Matt Scaff coming out of left field with a very good suggestion. I'm just saying, look it up, people. He's and, not wild. I mean, every, wrong, a couple... I am looking at it right, yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh, hey, okay, you guys. Yeah, so I post one time for a photo, okay? And then I'm Goro in a video game. Okay, yeah, I love you all. <laughs> She'd be on it like crazy. Are you kidding? You're like, do I get more steroids? It's like, no, just more arms. <laughs> okay, well, how am I supposed to keep those yeah, things yeah. big? Okay, I mean, you got us. Right into a corner. Oh, this man. is what I do love. Uh, in the article I was telling you about uh, from Vice, it says, Cyborg is a dominant fighter both in and out of the cage. She is powerful and loud. Kev, you know, I enjoy you and I enjoy making fun of you. I do think you have a louder-ish voice. Okay. But I would never be as bold as to, in an article, say, Kev is powerful and loud. Because it kind of seems like it demeans the powerful part. He's uh, powerful and uh, somewhat condescending. Um, maybe limited and loud. I don't know. I like some more alliteration. But I'll take... That's an awesome way to be described, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> to see that... Brain. You know, she's like, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah, okay, you guys. I love being uh, powerful and loud. Thank you. Yeah, love you all. Come to after the party. Yeah. <laughs> it's at a club, ironically, called Powerful and Loud. I did not know she was going to say that. Uh, so the fight of the night obviously doesn't go to them. Uh, we're headed down south to Edgar Ortega, where Ed- Frankie Edgar's a fun fighter to watch. Yeah. So is Brian T. City Ortega. I'm going to hit him with a compliment sandwich. I mean, congrats on the victory. Where the F was our flying triangle? And maybe one of the best KOs I've seen in a really long time. But pretty effortless. Mr. Scaff, your thoughts on what is clearly a career-ending knockout to Frankie Edgar? You know, uh, anytime you get hit with something like that, like... Uh... I mean, I've never been hit with something like that. So I'm talking from a guy that's never been hit. But well, life-wise, you, you chose to live in Alabama. Something must have happened. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So um, when you live in Alabama, you know, you get to have opinions on things, um, and you get to have loud, powerful, loud opinions. And no education so, required, if I'm familiar with the, the general <laughs> demographics. Well, no, hey, we're 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 moving up in that. We're moving. Uh, we're taking big strides in that department. But anyways. As I was saying, um, you know, what was really crazy about that fight um, was, you know, it's like you said, I was not, if you had told me that Brian Ortega was going to knock out Frankie Edgar, I, I mean, I didn't think there was any possibility. I really liked that fight as going one of two ways. I thought somebody for sure was getting finished. I thought Frankie was going to either knock out T-City or T-City was going to submit Frankie. And so I think uh, in, in those fights, I'm like, there's something like that, like there's this when you feel like there's a really strong um, advantage, you know, in either one of those apartments, I don't find those fights um, as interesting. 
And so I was really shocked when, I mean, you saw that, that, I mean, if you, again, you told me that he was going to knock him out. I mean, I don't think anybody predicted knockout. So, I mean, man, you talk about a guy that deserves a title shot. Let's see it. Well, Kev, it's really weird that like Scaff would bring up if you were to ask him, like, as if we maybe didn't do that sort of a thing on a show with him like last <laughs> week. I don't know. I think it's just kind of weird you would bring that up. Uh, Kev, how did our good friend uh, Matthew Scaffold go on that fight? Uh, it wasn't great, and he chose Frankie Edgar. So. Now, that is funny. We did ask him that. Yes, by knockout. By KO. Um, it says it next to it, and I don't even have that mm-hmm. category. I just noted KO next to his name, um, which... <laughs> Which is unusual. So the crystal ball was correct. There was a KO. It was just a little fuzzy on like who it happened to. So no big deal. I understand that. Uh, here's what I'll say about this for Frankie Edgar. A lot of credit to him. And I think a lot of the, the guys in that weight division all said very cool and complimentary things to him. Because he took a fight he didn't need to. And there was a huge amount of risk to it. There's very little upside. And yet he essentially just gave up his slot for what would have been a guaranteed title fight because he wanted to stay active and he wanted to go with the current challenge. What makes that an interesting statement, though, is the fact that one, Conor McGregor complimented him and said that he deserved to fight Conor, a.k.a. himself. Uh, That would have been a truly respectable way to start kind of on the downslope out of the UFC. Are we buying the fact that Connor was really trying to save that, or is he just further getting into the heads of Khabib and Tony? Scaff, as a 10th Planet expert, I will put that question to you. Uh, Connor is in a really interesting situation that he can literally do whatever the hell he wants to do, right? And so Connor, um, you know, if Connor, I don't buy that he was trying to save that card. I think Connor was trying to buy some time. If he anything, he was trying to buy some time from the UFC brass. But Connor, Connor, there's three fights for Connor to make. He knows it. We all know it. And he wasn't going to step in last second without doing any promotional stuff and save and make it 145. That just wasn't going to happen. So I think it was a lot of talk um, from a guy that essentially can do anything he wants to in the UFC. So, okay. I'm getting nervous. We've hit the point where Conor McGregor is going to say anything. People are like, well, that must have happened. It's like, uh, true story. <laughs> he and Conor McGregor had a full-on knife fight before to see who got to face Ortega. Edgar lost. They stitched him up, put him in there. It was a lot like the gladiator. That's just what I heard from Conor McGregor's camp. Meanwhile, Conor McGregor trolls are just sitting at their computers <laughs> like, the king has spoken. You know it's true because <laughs> he... Did this retweet and Connor is the greatest of all time. Yeah, sure, he had a couple losses, but whatever. They never happened. Plus, he would totally win a knife fight with Frankie Edgar before an Ortega fight. So that makes total sense. Retweeting. He's got that Irish stabbing, (laughs) which we all know is a legitimate thing. Well, people are like, Connor, if anybody can take down the Irish mob, it's Connor McGregor. You know, it's like Connor's going to win. He can beat any gang feud. You know, you put Connor McGregor or the Irish mob, Connor McGregor all day. Like, I, don't the I don't know about all that. I do think we're getting into a dangerous spot where the more typically the louder he is, it's like, where is he? Is he fighting? And that's kind of where I, there are some fun opponents now, at least. That's the nice part about this fight, I thought. It's like right now, 
Brian T. City Ortega is a fight. I want to. I want to watch him fight anyone. I don't care who it is. He's he's rising in terms of. Uh, I might even pay twenty nine ninety nine when he fights second fiddle to Holly Holm versus an unnamed amateur fighter trying wow. to make a <laughs> UFC two twenty eight debut. Can't wait for that um, Sterling card. It's going to be in hey, two weeks. Yeah, okay, you UFC's guys. I hear what rate. you're saying about me, but okay, yeah, lots of positivity. I knock her out, no problem. <laughs> no, Brian, you're not going to fight. Holly Holm, that's an unnamed. Oh, it's not Brian, it's Cyborg. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, hold on. (laughs) To my defense, that was way more effeminate in its tone. I want to make sure that everybody knows that in all of my years of doing impressions, (laughs) there's never been a moment Kevin has completely missed the dartboard such as that. Uh, I think if we went to the archive, (laughs) we'd find out that's not true. I, you know what? Maybe. Very well possible. There's but like a montage require... of me missing seven consecutive. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps a goddamn it. <laughs> There's just a lot of fed up me. Um, but we will say if that would bring people to the iTunes page, what should they do if they go there, Kevin? Five stars. Let us know. More five-star reviews. We can get a montage guy. And that would be a great time to break yeah. it in. That's like the first thing we're going to do with enough five-star reviews. Montage guy. Um, okay. Uh, obviously, we'll see a T-City Montage fight. <laughs> Very excited to see him go on and move forward. So uh, I think that's pretty close on that one. Let's talk about this kid, Disco Stew. I was intrigued by him all week because he seemed to provoke uh, the Mammoth dude when they were at the weigh-ins. And I had fun playing with the fact that, yeah, he had a giant fro and was basically decked out in bell-bottoms and 70s apparel. Uh, But then he put in a really good fight. And then, not only did he put in a good fight, every single commentator in the world was super mad at him for trying to take down Sean. So I need some clarity on all of this. How did you guys see that fight? Scaff, would you have done something different in that fight? I mean... I don't know. When you're armchair quarterbacking, you know, when you're trying to, if, if Kev is the resident UFC arm, armchair quarterback, um, it's tough, I think, to like, oh, that's a terrible game plan. You know, I think it's tough. Anytime you try and say that to a fighter that, you know, why are you trying to take them down? I would never try and take somebody down. But at the end of the day, you get in the cage, you lock those doors. I don't know. I think game, sometimes game plans go out the window, and those guys usually lose. Uh, resident armchair analyst. Look, Sean O'Malley or Sugar Sean O'Malley came. The report is because I can't believe I'm not even going to get into the takedowns because I can't get over the foot thing. Like watching <laughs> someone fall down at the end of a fight and it being like, can he win? is kind of a fun uh, like watching the Olympics where someone's like chasing someone down. It's like, how is he still in this fight? He can't stand, which isn't necessarily prerequisite to fighting. But to me, this was a weird ending as weird an ending to a fight as we've had in a really long time. So I'm sure I remember some of the takedowns. They're 135. They fight like wet cats the entire damn fight. So I'm never all that like, oh, what would I do? It's like I would probably fight at a reasonable person's weight so we could finish this thing. And then I realized <laughs> I'd get injured two weeks into the camp. Sean O'Malley versus Andre Sukerbath. Fun fight, but ended with just the weirdest part. And I guess Sean came into the fight with a fractured foot, left with a even more 
fractured foot, which is always what happens probably when you get into that type of thing. So gutsy performance by him, but isn't this kind of a weird... How do you enter the cage with a broken foot? Uh, on one foot? You just kind of hop all your way through? <laughs> I, must, I don't know. Thank dude. you, Rob. I didn't mean to the karate Oh, sure, sure. The There's another... Did it. He ended up beating Cobra Kai, the established gym in the area, in the finale on one leg. Matt, so, I think I mean, you might have drifted into dream territory. That that was Karate Kid. This was a similar plot line, but I can neither confirm nor deny Sean O'Malley was wearing a shower costume weeks before the fight. <laughs> Probably uh, was. Well, also, I do really appreciate, Scaff, you coming in and saying, Exhibit A shows um, the major motion picture Karate Kid, <laughs> which we now accept as fact. I want to make sure of something, though, as we go on. And this is important to note. Because everybody seemed to be really pissed that uh, you had Andre trying to take down Sean. And someone asked me this question, and it kind of froze me up a little bit. But they said, okay. And they were trying to understand, I guess, the the mechanics behind it. But they said, Raph, what if Andre didn't try to take him down and Sean couldn't stand on one leg? Just let him kind of expose himself and fall down. Don't you kind of win if they can't stand? And I looked at them and I said, well, not necessarily. Mm, mm, I mean, probably. That's an interesting, that's an interesting uh, conundrum right there. It is. Like, do you, if you can't stand, do you just lose? Or I, I don't know. Like, that's a, that's a very interesting, because uh, I think it depends on how much credit you give Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because even if a guy can't stand right and all he can do is play guard, some guys, you can tell, I've seen in the UFC where a guy has thrown up 20 submissions on a guy. He played on bottom the whole time, but he was clearly winning the exchanges, in my opinion. Like, that one guy didn't hit him. And I've seen so many guys lose. So even if you're just like, okay, this guy can't stand, all he can do is play on the ground, he should never, I mean, in most UFC judges' eyes, he'll never win a fight, ever. Just without even the ref stopping it, going, look, you can't stand, you can't fight. I mean, most UFC judges give jujitsu zero. I mean, it's kind of their last on their scoring, in my opinion. Unless you take the back, obviously. Yes, and we'll get but to McKenzie you don't in have a the second. Back. Ooh. Yeah. I just want to be very clear. As we describe this, though, and we talk about the fact that somebody was just lying down. And yes, jujitsu is a great amazing thing so this is not any knock on it but if someone is familiar with the ufc as you may have alluded to they kind of know that if you don't engage the person when they're going down to jujitsu then they kind of say all right let's stand these guys back up and i wonder if that's the right chess move for somebody who you kind of get the impression maybe can't walk with both legs Raph, so, can I uh, throw a rule change at you here? Absolutely, go for it. This is a clear. I, I'm going to solve this. Two seconds. You're both going to be like, wow, how has no one thought of that? We add a simple clause to any weight class below 150 pounds, both women's and men's division, that says at any point, if you feel like your opponent is nursing a wing injury, you can challenge them to a breakdance fight in the center of the cage for the last minute of the fight. Done. Hmm. You know, I always think that dancing, and especially dance battles, are second 
to actual fighting. This so is second. For that. This is a last resort. So this is like That's what right. I'm it's second. It's just I'm with you. Buttressed onto the back. No way I'm using that right. And we have a fun clause. Imagine that. It's like, holy shit, Sukumath just played the dance car. Boom, 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 boom. Like Buffer throws the mic, grabs a headset. It's just time to yeah, get wild. Yeah, you can wild. only use the dance card like one every five fights. The guys just don't get really good at dancing. It's like one of those things. Like, oh, man, like, is he going to use the dance card tonight? Like, how is, like, has he been training his game? We hear that he's really been training. He's been out there with the San Diego, the freak boys. And he's been training with Boogie and Richie before this fight. It's like, man, he might throw, if he's losing in the third round, he might throw that dance card down. Dude, I'm all for that. And I want to point this out because uh, we have a certain audience who I'm sure is going to listen to us here. I'm not saying look into it. I'm just saying look into it in the mere fact of EBI overtime rules. I know they don't work for everybody, but who's going to say y'all can't dance battle? And more importantly... I don't see the Danner and Death Squad posing much of a threat. Oh, oh shots right fired. Now. Shots fired at the DDS squad. Oh, shit. You know what I realized? I should have said that in Eddie voice so that it could have been picked up as if Eddie was on our podcast and he was the one to say it. So hold on. Let me, that would have been, let me go back and just, just uh, I'll hit rewind on the podcast. Thanks. Um, Hey, you know, I've been EBI overtime rules have taken over and I think it's it's pretty lame. I looked into it and now we're going to get into something. It's the new shit, guys. Break dancing. Okay. Drop the mic, Eddie. That's genius. Break dancing. Oh, my. That, that's genius. genius. I also want to yeah. <laughs> talk about the sweet to, point out, though, to yes, the salty the of best. combat. Sorry. <laughs> this is the best time today ever because uh, Edgy just added me on Facebook. This, yeah, this is our influential moment. This is it. We're going to have 27 <laughs> seconds before he's like, oh, that was my wrong rap of Sparza. My, my bad. <laughs> 27 seconds. I also like that he'd be like, I looked into it. My rules are terrible. That would be a hilarious <laughs> discussion. <laughs> It's like now that everyone's using it, I hate it. It's like this is great. I'm ready for what's next. Okay, so Can you imagine like it'd be a completely different competitor field. Like Cabrinho would enter every time. He'd be like, dude, mm-hmm. even if I don't submit him, I'm getting there. I'm like, you know, Cabrinho's gonna feel really good about his chances. You're gonna get a completely different set of guys winning tournaments. So want it. I think it's got a lot of high level guys. It goes to a highlight reel machine that Exceeds far further than the UFC. Kev, can I use my uh, skip two pass here? Yeah. Because Barlovsky and Struve. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Except Nero my girlfriend was and- like, how tall is he? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. He looks like a giant baby. It's like, yes, he does. He also looks like Bull from the series Night Court. That's all I have to say about that fight. I'm with you on that 100%. <laughs> Definitely a son of bull. Katsugano, uh, Ketlin, Vieira. Fun mm. fight. Apparently, Vieira was pretty rib injured, and it was a lot of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't super fun. Yeah. All right, let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You alluded to it earlier. Let's talk about Mackenzie Dern. But I want to be very clear about this, guys. I put up a joke. I stand by it. I think it's a good joke. It's funny. And because people were talking about her accent and she's brought it up now to this point so that when she does walk out and she does have a translator, I try to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I understand, you know what? Yeah, you're going to take a lot of shit multiple amounts of time. 
So when she gets up there and she has a translator, I think, okay, well, it's an international audience. So let's do that and see how that goes. Ooh, her accent's still pretty strong. And the translator was used once and wasn't translating anything after the initial question. She knows English. Like even <laughs> She does know English. And this has happened with a couple fighters where they, they do know how to speak and they are playing it for international audiences. And that's fine. But if you're going to do it, be consistent. So instead, she gets brought out there and the jiu-jitsu community is immediately like, how dare you, Mackenzie yeah. Dern? It so, was just so. I mean, I'm. This was just bizarre. I'm. I'm taking the stance that this was bizarre. She's. I. I mean, I don't. I. I I'm almost. I'm at a loss for words. Like it was so strange to me. Especially again, if she would have used the translator, then it would have convinced me. Maybe I was like, man, maybe like maybe she she really does need the translator. But then when she didn't use the translator, I was like, oh my god, this is. This is really strange behavior. That's all I thought. I mean, I thought it was super bizarre. It was it was bizarre. That's that's my stance. Very, very, very bizarre. Kevin. I, I, I am such a Mackenzie Dern accent defender. I try to just leave her alone, let her make her choices. <laughs> I thought the original backlash was a little bullying esque, but it's like, you know what? She's the greatest female submission grappler we have. Now she's parlaying it to an excellent fight career. The fuck is with the translator? Like I I don't understand I don't understand it at all. It's like I heard you on a Metamorphs preview. I, aren't you from Arizona? I mean I understand maybe not the United States, but it's close. It's in within the border. Like we it's still it's uh, an extremely bizarre situation to me, and not one I've got a satisfactory answer on. By the way, every time they're like, "She explains her accent," it's like I guess she's training in Brazil a lot. But surely, <laughs> okay. surely that doesn't make you forget how to speak English, right? Like I, you might pick up on Portuguese and it can blend, but w- what is with the accent? All right, let's start by saying this. Props to anybody who knows a second language, because I don't yeah. feel that's very strong. Anybody yeah, here on the show? Amazing. <laughs> Have we covered that part? Now let's get to the actual analysis. Why should have a right. translator in there? <laughs> For fuck's sake. I know plenty of fighters <laughs> who are quoted as being fluent in English who I would love to send a translator in there with as well. But let's stay on the positive before we get to the critical. The positive it is, she said something in the past, something to the effect of, and don't quote me on this, but yeah, you guys, okay, I think Portuguese, when someone speaks to me in English, I train Portuguese I think Portuguese. I felt like she even said she cooks in Portuguese. So I, I understand sometimes jumbling them can be confusing. When people talk uh, in Spanish to me, I immediately respond in English, and they get offended looks on their faces. And I tell them, I listen, I understand you, but my brain is wired to do English. So I kind of get that. Now let's get to the critical. So this was her response at the post-presser. Uh, for the UFC. <clears throat> she says, uh, when it comes to that, let's just say there isn't that Dern isn't able to take in stride. I'm not sure exactly why. I was thinking maybe they brought the translator in Portuguese because they wanted me to speak Portuguese. I wanted to speak Portuguese for my fans in Brazil. I always say I have more fans in Brazil than I have in the USA. So I was even going to say Portuguese. But then I thought, like, I don't know if I say English first or Portuguese first. And then I saw that they were speaking in English, and he didn't translate back to Portuguese. 
And I think they said, okay, better just English. I think that's what happened there. But for me, it was the same either way. Now, here's where it gets weird on the MMA Junkie article I'm reading from that uh, translated all that. They kind of throw a little bit of shade in her way where it says, to hear more from Dern in her perfectly natural accent, check out the video above. (laughs) And it's her talking normally in English, I'm assuming. Listen. Y'all, I just, I don't understand. I I, I wish her the best. I think she's an amazing fighter. I think she razor thin won that one if she did. Uh, But Adelaide Bird was there and was making it fun all night. Um, But I still hope that she does it because it's a win for jiu-jitsu when she does well. And for a split second, she did have a good uh, attack on the back and, it is harder mm-hmm, to finish definitely. when it is at that angle, and you could see the person. Oh, I'm sorry. Who am I telling this to? Matt Scaff, tell us all about that rear naked choke escape. No, no, no. Like I told people, like the issue with jujitsu is, you know, again, she, we clearly saw it with her. She had issues getting it to the ground, and so when you can't get it to the ground at will, all right, you're gonna, you're just gonna struggle, and that's what we saw uh, for the most part in that fight. Um, again, if she didn't take the back, she definitely would have lost in my mind. I can see. Again, I wasn't mad with the decision by any means, you know. And again, I was happy she won. Um, uh, but at the same time, you know, it, I don't know. I just, I find it really odd um, that, um, I don't know. I just feel like I've been, in, I've been in Alabama now for seven years, all right. I'm coming from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And Ooh. I don't talk like Brandon. I mean, I'm coming, I don't talk like Brandon. I don't, I haven't adapted. I'm like, I don't have a really strong Southern accent. Um, so I don't know. I can't. And again, I'm around people that have very strong Jeff, can Alabama. I, can I take this one? Please. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. As someone who's versed at the uh, accents or impressions, one might say, uh, you were working really hard in that description to use your best talking voice possible. And <laughs> I'm not saying you're overdoing it, but um, you know when you kind of overcompensate sometimes for something? Uh, that was definitely you going, I do not have an accent. <laughs> and I mm, would be insulted if you were to make that accusation, you have a little bit of the country in you. And that, again, comes from the way that you even say the word Louisville. But I get it. I also enjoy it. I am from the East Coast metropolis, Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> you might have read of it. It's up on the eastern seaboard. Uh, you know, so when I moved to the part of uh, <laughs> south, uh, it is like to the to the south, Alabama, Kentucky might as well be New York City. I'm just that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I also no, feel like this is maybe partly you don't understand that. Uh, this is partly you trying to prove something to Brandon because you did mention like uh, I don't have an accent, unlike some people. I'm not Brandon. And I won't be accused of okay, it. Sure. As he's I, like, say. now let me just work on this one minute jujitsu hack. Excuse me, sixty second jujitsu hack. <laughs> Fifty nine yeah, seconds. Fifty eight. This like, one's better because it's a whole two seconds faster. Kevin, I've never heard somebody that adamant about that, other than Carrie Elways in the Robin Hood Men in Tights when he's dissing Kevin Costner, and he's famously quoted as saying, "Unlike some Robin Hoods." 
I can speak in a British accent. And everybody's like, ooh. <laughs> like, that's what I felt just happened. Um, in all honesty, that was that was a perfect breakdown of what just happened. That was exa- <laughs> That is exactly what happened. I just want and, to uh, I apologize. I apologize for the pettiness. I'm, I'm not prepared to call it a perfect breakdown. <laughs> But I appreciate the enthusiasm and the weird cinema metaphors Raph is unearthing for us this evening. It was an Oscar week. I'm just stuck in that you mode. You are there. I love it. Don't, don't stop. That was a pretty obscure Ben and Tights. is a genius and shares a birthday with me, everybody. I'm not saying we come in pairs, but I was born a little bit after him. And I love the movie Spaceballs. It's no accident. But you know what I didn't love? I didn't love John Donson's fight with Pedro Munoz. And I'm not sure anybody here did. Didn't see it. That's also partially why I enjoyed the card. I was like, no, I'm not going to catch anything before the before the dirt fight. Scaffold. That was a good play. Um, you know, it was really funny because like there was quite a few decisions that were like split decisions. You know, just like the Dodson fight. Split decisions really kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth. Um, and I think again that leads to, hey, I'm just going to go to bed. Like you know, we start to see, we see a bunch of split decisions like that, especially when they're all right in a row. It that'll kill a card faster than anything, in my opinion. And was when you get like two or three split decisions in a row, it on my for me at least, it does make me just go, well, I'm just going to turn this off. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's uh, I don't know. I just want to see a decisive victory. You know, I don't want to see. This like especially when I feel maybe the other person won or it could have been a draw. I, I Did you feel that Pedro won that fight? I just I don't know. It was too close. I'd have to watch. I think it again. you just I didn't care. Liked. Okay. I I feel like it's funny to me yeah. for the following reason because now I'm getting a scale of how you do fall asleep. Is like you see a fight like that, you get like a little closer to your bed to the point where you're still kind of struggling through the Orlovsky fight and you slowly put a cover over you and you go, it's happening. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Too boring. Uh, you know it wasn't boring, though? Uh, Benil Darouche, unfortunately, getting knocked oh, out savagely gosh. by one Alexander Hernandez. I, uh, you know, I've met Benny. He's very well respected out this way. He's super nice. That was hard to watch. You know, there's something about Hernandez that just, I just didn't like him immediately. Like, he stepped in the cage. Everybody I was watching was like, oh, like, who's this guy? And he just kind of looks like the guy at school that is good around the teachers, but then is a douche when the teachers aren't looking, you know? Like, sure. he has that clean <laughs> cut kind of look, but at the same time, he also looks like he's got this, like, bad boy douche side and uh i don't know he just had that look and i was i was reading so well because like i like uh dariush i uh you know i've only heard phenomenal things about him and i was so upset when he got knocked out and then yeah i just was kev, super upset about that so i just that's have to breakdown. reveal though kev i just have to reveal i think the best benefit of bringing scaff on these past week and a half is learning so much of the insight as to what makes him tick through other fighters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's some real therapy happening where he's expressing his anger in the world through Alexander Hernandez. You know, I'm just not happy with Alexander Hernandez. He seems like the guy who picks on other people in class. Jake, (laughs) 
I'm, I, I'm going a super selfish route, Raph. I'm already yeah. worried about rolling with Matt Scaff. I feel like he's oh, going to take one look at me and be like, yeah. this Freddie Prince motherfucker thinks he can just <laughs> bully whoever and steal the theater girl. Time to get your comeuppance. And he's going to be like, uh, hey, Matt, you just want a light train maybe? It's, you know what, Kevin? That's yeah, really cool of you. Train. But I'm going to go all Hector Lombard when the buzzer rings on you. And I have to make that joke now because it's not going to be relevant in a month. No, so, no it's gonna, I don't think people are going to footnote the CB Dalloway Hector Lombard no contest. Can uh, I ask a very important question here, which is, did anybody else feel the following way, which was, oh, Hector Lombard, he's getting some good shots. Oh, those are, I mean, it's CB Dalloway. And somebody goes, yeah, but Raph, it was clearly after the bell. You're not wrong, but um, <laughs> I don't care. Raph's like, I, rules were made to be broken, in my opinion. <laughs> and when you've got two old fighters, you just got to have your way with it. Somebody does that to Mackenzie right. Durr next time. You're going to hear me go, no, unfair. How dare you? How dare you hit her in her unnatural accent? You know how I who, so who I, was it? Who was uh, who was it that got those couple hits off after the bell? Maybe you know who was it that was hitting somebody after the bell? Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember who it was, and everybody was freaking out. Or it was again that uh, Jermaine fight, right? Um, yeah, I can't remember I who it was, but it happened. Yeah, it happened a few times. But it's like you said, like Hector Lombard did it, and people are like, oh, it wasn't that long after the bell. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, I can't just, believe that happened. Didn't you see a double play on that one where Lombard does something that's completely wrong, but you kind of see the writings on the wall for C.B. Dalloway? And C.B. Dalloway gets that kind of knockout where you go, I mean, yeah, it sucked that you did get, like, knocked down, but you're pretty fucked up from it. And I think that didn't bode well for your future as well. Oh, I mean, dude, he had like to be helped off. Like he, he, he got knocked out really bad. I mean, it sucks. To, I mean, it, that was, it was bizarre. I mean, it was another, but it was, this was UFC, uh, one of the most bizarre UFCs, the translator, the whole foot thing, the <laughs> knockout. Like this was a very strange card. A lot of really strange like, <laughs> things that people are going to forget. But <laughs> not the translator thing. The That's gonna stick. Yeah. We're all gonna be talking about that in a few years still. I hope so, because it should be. It's kinda like people people can't let her forget that. That's all. But I'm can saying. I be clear, <laughs> if I'm going to go into an octagon, and that's a lot of if statement, so I'm really gonna try and live yeah. it up. <laughs> I'm bringing a fucking translator in for me. And I'm asking them to use the language they use in Black Panther to communicate to people. I'm going to be like, I don't really understand it, but I think it's a version of Swahili. I don't know. I, is that racist? I don't know. And I don't care. I just hope the people of Wakanda have appreciated my efforts. Um, I hope one day to be king. I don't think I can be because I'm not. Anyway, it's a long story, guys. But um, thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to have a great press conference about my natural accent. Peace. <laughs> okay. I, I will say, doesn't it always happen? after a knockout with these things like isn't it always someone getting crushed and then kick knee to the face it's almost i don't know yeah hey you got to give the people what they want and what they want is blood sport so <laughs> I, i'm gonna cruise through a few more of these 
Mike Pyle loses because he cut Every the mullet times. to Zach Otto. Yeah. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Brian Caraway loses to Cody Stamen, which, again, we should have known because Stamen. That's just such a strong name. And Jordan Johnson defeats Adam Milstead. The prototype, which is just such a horrible nickname, Adam Milstead. Change your nickname. I feel like this is a good opportunity for him. Uh, can I reveal the results? Because I have them in front of me. Please do, Kevin. I'm so excited for all of us to learn. Scaff, how do you feel about this one? Do you feel that you won this one? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, that was very uh, upfront, Kevin. That's what happens when you've been to the 62nd Jiu-Jitsu University. You just get a good instinct about what's going to happen. <laughs> and Matt's instincts are uh, not failing him here. He got beat badly. Eight to three. So he's. I knew watching the card. I just knew. I, I knew it was not going my way. It, it wasn't. And here's the bad news. So I missed four fights, and you and I had the same picks on three of them. Well, I don't know if we can call CB Dalloway a miss. We're just calling that a whatever. <laughs> the one. Yeah. The one triumph you had over me was Jordan Johnson over Milstead. So go ahead and put Which that. Which we all saw coming. I don't Duh. know. Yeah. But I'm also pretty sure I called him Jordan Milstead. So I can't take credit for having inside <laughs> in that fight. <laughs> wow. That's, that is true. That was a fight where we were like, wait. Who did you choose? You took the first name of one uh, person. I took Jordan Milstead, and then I like, yeah, so I can't take actual credit. Uh, I will that. say, <laughs> I think that's the saddest thing I've seen on Over Under Kevin, maybe ever. It's, it's also but a integrity move to go from sure. three to two picks. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Correct. But it's also a moment where there's a correction and they put the crown on somebody and they're like, Hey, you're Miss American. It's like, um, sorry guys. My talent wasn't telling jokes in Portuguese. I actually speak fluent Portuguese. My name is Mackenzie Dern. I've been heard the whole time and you rip off a mask and they're just like, Oh, <laughs> well you still didn't win, but it's really nice that you See, thought you I did. I feel like I, if she needed a translator, I needed the translator just as well. Like, I, I mean, I was under tons of pressure making these picks. I didn't quite understand the question. I could barely understand Raph and his Spanish, uh, you know, accent. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I want to be very clear <laughs> of all of us. I have the least amount of accent and that's saying something because Kev's a pretty good, pretty good dictation as well. But for someone who was being very clear about 30 minutes ago of how now, brown cow, I am not <laughs> like one Brandon McAgrin. Rumor yes, has I it say, Matt Scaff has, has been in dictation training for 17 years. That's just yeah, the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kev, you revealed the important parts, but what should people take away from this? Like what happens now? Don't go against me. Because, oh, no. well, Matt, would you like to reveal the bet that you settled upon? Well, um, you know, when I heard the word, hey, we're going to do a boom, so the first thing that came to my mind is like, man, no gee, you know, I think it'd be good for the students uh, to 
see the loser dress uh, up in whatever the winner decided to a new E class. Like, I could pray, not just like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to the class whatever uh, Kevin uh, has to wear, as long as it's appropriate, you know, I'm not showing up and just like, uh, you know, in, in a, uh, you know, like a thong or anything like that. But as long as it's something that, oh, like, okay. you know, don't try and hey, don't try and Kevin your conditions now. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna hey, cross I'm off not... full strap on costume. I'll just hold on. <laughs> Let me make some notes here. <laughs> Can you it's gotta be. It still has to be family friendly. You know. Got uh, it. Okay. Okay. All right, now, only, Kevin. Definitely. Kevin, here's the thing. Uh, you now have bested one of Brandon's students. And Brandon was listening to last week's show. I know that for a fact. I mean, does this release you of having to do a song now? Because, you know, you beat one of his students and his master is thy student, which is thy student is thy master. I'm just saying, Kev. Yeah. First of all, I heard you say thigh master while talking about BMAC and he's going to hear it too. Second. 100%. Uh, no, I mean, in terms of, I mean, we're not going to let a little thing like Matt Scaff speak for the empire that is Brandon McCatherine. I mean, the guy is Alabama's entire Mount Rushmore. If I, if I trust me, Alabama, you're going to want to go that direction. So I, I still, I'll, I, in fact, I think this only doubles down. It's like now that I can skip over the ease and convenience of one of his high level, <laughs> high level wow. students, I can even dedicate more time to that song. So okay. I, I think this is a clear sign to me. It's like you, you know, you've proven yourself. You're not, you're not just as Scaff would point out, an amateur at this, right? Like, no offense, Scaff. You're, you're just sort of um, like your jujitsu, you know. You're tapping for air in the, in this mm-hmm. environment. That's just what I've heard from your training partners. I'm joking, by the way. You're going to murder me. I can already feel it. I'm going to be tapping every time he touches my ankle. <laughs> just in prep. It's like, Raffi almost did it. Uh, I'll, I'll work on the song is my point. And I okay. cannot wait. to. Th- I'm going to put 24 real hours into thinking about what he's going to have to wear. I originally was like full Confederacy uniform. No, that probably isn't great <laughs> for Tony. So I'll I'll readjust. I'll I'll think about it. Uh, well, I'll be uh, again. I'm a good sport. Whatever you decide. Um, yeah, I guess I'll show up to one of our beginner classes, uh, ready to train. And I mean, whatever, a leotard, a oh, dress. Uh, sorry. I mean, there's so many options. <laughs> you just gave me a jazzer size flashback to 1992. That feels really good. <laughs> Well, Matt, where can people find you in the interim? Where can they see your stuff, attend your seminars? Because you're doing that training things, and from what I hear from our good friends, you're an exceptional yeah, instructor, yeah, guys, uh, which makes me nervous. Yeah, um, so, um, yeah, if you guys are interested in me in bringing me out for a seminar, just at Matt Scaff. You can, I mean, super simple. I always say double T, double F, M-A-T-T-S-K-A-F-F. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm a black belt under Brandon McCatherine and Eddie Bravo. Not easy. Um, so obviously in the 10th plant system. And uh, so, yeah, if you're interested in especially defense, I feel like defense is kind of what I'm known for. Um, I'd love to come out and, uh, yeah, show some defensive stuff. April 7th, I'll be going to Rogue Combat, which is the future site of 10th Planet Asheville. 
I'm going to be showing some butterfly guard details. Um, yeah, if you're in the area, I'd love to meet you, love to train with you. And keep listening to this podcast. These guys are, are phenomenal. Um, again, I've, I've had a blast hanging out with them, talking with them. And I uh, hope to see you guys soon, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, hopefully we can do it again at some point. And if uh, you swing through Denver, you keep me posted because I, I don't know you a song. Just a lovely outfit. Well, Raph, any mm. departing words, or can I kick Scaff off now? Because I'm done being the second best looking person on the budget. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, Kev, you're also the third worst person at jiu-jitsu on this podcast right now. <laughs> well, there's a lot of categories I've been third in. I, I just I was trying to like edge <laughs> past you and hope that you'd just ignore that. I was like, you know, because Raph's got his uh, just golden skin and L.A. kissness that I guess appeals to some people. Look, Matt Scaff, 10th Planet, Alabama, if you find yourself stuck there. Uh, or, or traveling there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Or traveling through there. Uh, you can also find him in North Carolina. Matt, thanks so much. We'll be talking to you soon. Awesome, guys. Matt Scaff. Uh, I'm not going to say he's everything I thought a Brandon McCatherine prodigy could be, but, you know, he's four-fifths. Four-fifths to, like, four-tenths there. I'll let him know where my... Well, I'm going to use fractions so no one in Alabama can track me. Mm. I have to give a a shout-out quickly in the back half of this show here. To okay. you and Christopher James Velez. And I'm going to okay. give this social media comment of the week award. Okay. So apparently they're considering ring boys. Yes. Which, damn right. Been talking about this for years. And of course, it's posted by you. And Christopher James Velez writes, Raph, tell Kevin it finally happened and he should try out. Now, I want to point out multiple things. One, he knew enough to know you're controlling social media and that you would need (laughs) to tell me what's going on, which is very astute by him. That is is a friend, potentially family member of this show, immediately. You respond, because he's like, it finally happened, he should try out. You respond, he wouldn't make it past the first round. You're also spot on here because they're going to pick a model with um i went to spin class and haven't drank for a week abs that is not me no christopher james velez responds and this is a comment that would send my girlfriend into a riotous laugh his knuckle can handle holding the sign (laughs) which is (laughs) somehow in defense like look i know he's injured but surely he could handle this uh, and you just, Christopher, too soon. The whole exchange sent us into pretty like, oh, well, that was the funniest thing that happened at all during UFC 222. This conversation between Rap and Christopher James <laughs> Vallez. So to you two, I say social media comments of the week. Thank you very much. I'm so glad I can win an award. I already kind of, whatever. I, here's an important note. I specifically have not told you about this story. So the fact that he would tag me and be like, tell Kevin, 
is like a double whammy because when he does tag me, it's very likely you'll see it. So it did make its way to you. And uh, I thought it was one of those things where I said, you know, Chris has always been a huge fan of our show and we love Chris. But um, yeah, now you know. So now he thinks that it's a possibility. There's going to be a whole weird road where Kevin's going to be like, I want to go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go ahead and like re-let my hair grow out again, Raph. And I'm going to be like, all right, do whatever you want. I immediately thought that too. You are what I was like. I got to go on Atkins. I got to get vegan. Fuck Atkins. (laughs) I got to go next level. It's time to get my abs back. And uh, yeah. And to be very clear, I think I have said this one other time, maybe twice on the show, is that Kevin is so particular with the phrasing, get my abs back, because <laughs> he is in the past sent me a photo to be like, had abs, here it was. And I'm like, Proof. does this have a date? And you're Proof. like, yeah. And I go, it's over 10 years old, though, Kevin. You're like, I still want it in the record. Thank you. Eight and a half tops, though I think the world would vote. Joe Wilk has to be in the top five ring boy considerations. Like, oh, call sure. him, get him on the just pure attitude in the camera. Yeah. Point. Um, I mean, <laughs> you probably have a few friends that you could suggest. There's a lot of people, I think, that are ready to be oiled up and sent down the canvas. I think there's a lot of opportunists. Or individuals who finally feel like they could get their self-esteem established and validated if they were to do that sort of thing. Or is there known Las Vegas gays in in the inner circles? (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's time to steer this podcast (laughs) toward the exit. That's my fault. I'm going to go ahead and take full responsibility. That's fine. Crazy week. We had another 17 UFC events in the course of seven days, the Oscars where, so give me an overall grade. If you, so you've probably what, like of they've done 90 of them. I know specifically how many have you been live tweeting and like really reporting on at least about like 10 plus, maybe 12. Cause I, a long time ago, foolishly used to believe that would clog up people's Facebooks. Like that was something that mattered. Yeah. And then I realized, Oh, I can do what I want. It's my Facebook. It's me or the Russians. So let's go ahead and just make it me. Well, okay. Give me your gold standard then still in terms of who you think is a host to be desired. Cause I thought what Kimmel did last night was extremely professional. I, I just thought it was a really well done performance. Oh, I think you could be a professional. It doesn't mean you're amazing. I feel like the lowest of lows is I thought something like a Hugh Jackman who's amazingly <laughs> talented, but he's not a comic host. Did Franco so, host? Was that the Oscars that I'm thinking of? Yes. And I actually Okay. I know a lot of people I hated Franco with uh Anne oh. Hathaway. Uh I thought that was a terrible dynamic. But that's um, on him. Because to me, it's like, I want to be James Dean. I want to be so good. It's like, well, learn to fucking talk to people. How's that sound? Because Well, here's an interesting dynamic. And I watched This is how you know. Not an Oscar movie. (laughs) I I am done with the, did the Oscars stub James Franco? I was like, no. The Golden Globes gave him way too much credit is what happened. Here's an interesting uh, little nugget about his hosting with Anne Hathaway. Uh, And welcome back to the Oscar telecast with Rafa Sparza. Um, The... uh, apparently wanted 
to do some fun stuff with the younger and hipper Oscars because they were the youngest hosts in recent memory. And for whatever reason, he wanted to dress up in drag if Cher had been nominated for, uh, I think it was what, burlesque uh, with Diane Warren. And apparently they didn't. So then he just wanted to be in drag. So then he was kind of in drag, kind of in a Marilyn Monroe way. And the bit never took off. And it makes me wonder when they say something like that. We're like, well, you know, the bit just didn't happen because uh, of those other things. And I said, but would the bit have worked otherwise? Like if she had gotten nominated, would it still make sense? Or would it just be James Franco wants to be in drag? And bless him (laughs) if he does. But I'm just saying from a comedic standpoint, uh, he's not Bugs Bunny. Okay, so, so so there's yeah. our th- we agree on the low bar, the low um, bar, the high um, bars are. John Stewart, I think, was was very solid. I think Ellen has had a, a crack where she was really really solid. Again, I thought Kimmel last year was better than I thought he would be, and I thought this year was kind of a slide down. And I understand higher degree of difficulty this year. Um, I would say uh, Billy Crystal at his prime was amazing. Uh, Johnny Carson was amazing. It, is um, it an easier? paradigm though at the time uh, i mean uh, hard to say because i feel like johnny carson was just somebody who was unflustered so he would look over and if his job his jokes bombed he'd just go okay you suck not me which is an amazing ability because a lot of the times on the oscars there was somebody who made a oscar deportation build the wall joke and that's your audience to sell it to and because he fucked up the delivery, it was stone silent. And he waited for a second as if, okay, here come the laughs. Hold on. You're nothing. talking about last night? That was yes. my favorite bomb, oh. actually. It, there was a few moments of people that it was like, oh, man. oh God. Oh, God. I can help you deliver. <laughs> oh, God. And that was horrible. That as was if so he wasn't reading it 100% right. He just did the wrong commitment. Yeah. And the wrong emphasis on the wrong <laughs> syllable. <laughs> so it was. A, he also said "wool." He said "lulz," and it was like, "You say walls?" Oh, it sounded like "lulz." Sorry. Okay. No, I'm with you. Yeah, building these gerbs with these walls. <laughs> so it was a very strange occurrence. Um, but uh, Chris Rock was pretty. I mean, again, I always favor comic hosts, and then I think. You know, Chris it's Rock hard to play, good. but it's also keep in I mind, think. Chris Rock was good on audience side for us watching at home, but maybe not great in the room. So it's hard to strike that balance because Kimmel going outside and like surprising people at uh, the Oprah movie Wrinkle of Time, which and, is what you know he's going to do. You know he's going to uh, do something just, uh, in terms of that. people on the street, but that is what he always does. Uh, we don't need that. Listen. We did the Ellen selfie, and I felt like that was it. But, but that's how you know the Oscars are trying to harder. stay really, really young. And young people are stupid. Can I just so say you could see it on more. Meryl Streep's face? And Meryl Streep was like, yeah, this isn't stupid and a waste of my time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Hi. She was just right in the front. It was, I thought it was funny. It was like, I mean, Meryl thank Streep you, is- the moviegoers. It's like, that's all anyone ever thinks. <laughs> The only universal thing people think is everyone and God. 
yeah. or their mom if they're a thinker. And that's where we are. So it was just it was funny. I mean, Meryl is essentially taken over as the Jack Nicholson seat yeah, at the I, Oscars. I actually so. agree. We could have lost the gun over to the movie bit. I'm sure it'll hit home well with America, but, you know, I don't understand America very well much yeah. these days. I think they have shitty taste in entertainment. And did you see the Roseanne commercial? Vicky yeah, and I were like, did we miss it? I guess we missed it. We must have missed it. We must have fast forwarded or paused and done the whole DVR thing past it. Oh, Sad see, time. I Sad just time. saw it on Twitter because we're yeah, we're like, we this is what I like to do. That's I like what we do with let... Mary Poppins. We just immediately <laughs> skip. But we're like, fuck this. What? Ouch. What a great moment, too. Is that Mary fucking Poppins? Ah, get the fuck out of here. Uh, no, I just... Uh, I let people have a little bit more ahead of me time, and I let the DVR build up a little bit, and then I start the show. Because when I get into real time, it's it can be rough. You can spoil a lot of stuff. Well, look, this is a great teaser. For what you need to be paying attention for tomorrow afternoon when Raph takes over the reins of late night, which is wide open. The opposition, but more interesting, is what the LA Times called this. <laughs> early late night. Check it out at early late night on everything with Raph Esparza. You can find him. You can find his accessibly free humor that he's produced up until this point. Now you can be a part of a groundswell movement, a movement that also selfishly benefits the people of verbal tap. So listen to it. Just give it a, give it a little try. I can assure you this. If you are one of the many members of the community, like myself that paid even a dollar for the most recent cyborg UFC 222, this is going to be way better than that. So think about it, throw some content behind it. Check it out, Raph. I'm excited to see it. I'm proud of you for rebooting. I'm ready for the online. I'm ready for the green screen. I'm ready for it all. Yeah, okay, you guys. We're very happy to have you guys all coming. Uh, it's going to be great. Okay, yeah. I'll punch your face. Okay. Hey, we're here with Cyborg, he says with 100% confidence. Having yeah, okay, okay, guys. <laughs> Everybody listen down. <laughs> <laughs> having really seen out want those to wrinkles be very clear to everyone listening <laughs> when we have gone to break i have still been doing that when i finish this podcast i will still be doing that there it's is getting no pretty stopping. frustrating i will say as a friend and a bystander it's really he's excessively doing it it's like yeah i, I can't <laughs> stop it's so funny to me and then he won't respond until you call him cyborg and then it turns into a whole thing yeah, okay. We're guys. ready for some shout outs. Yes. I'll start. I'll go first. This this goes out to the uh team over at Jubera Academy. He made some changes, Raph, while I was gone. Mm. Expanded mm. the size of the mats because presumably they were like, Kevin's gonna be pretty thick when he gets back. <laughs> we gotta move this thing out to the wall. No more of this small runway. Wood paneling. A warm-up space in the corner where oh, there used to cool. be some merch. There's just a ton more. You're not even going to recognize it when you come in the next time out here in Denver. But, Raph, outside of the class that Mr. Professor Jubera put on Monday evening, which cool. I'm really enjoying. I've been going to his fundamentals class, went to it last week, was able to visit again. Really, really great stuff. I got to work with Wit, by the way. 
Whit Barr last week, who does some oh. teaching over there, up there at the Dark Horse. The guy's amazing. Helped me out a ton. Gave me some good pointers. And I'm coming back from injury. There's a lot of muscle memory stuff I'm forgetting. He was pointing it out and articulating. It was really helpful. Got to work with him for an entire Monday while under the Jubera tutelage. We're just working single legs and wrestling moves, by the way. Yeah, you heard it. A lot of wrestling. Just a lot of wrestling. Just a lot of warm-ups. Like a half hour of takedowns and single legs and takedown and single leg defense. He's hmm. obsessed. Okay. And then passing to submission. That's all we work on. That Wednesday, I hid from you the fact that Professor Lovato was coming back from his vacation. He went on vacation post his fight to win. Came back, I guess, for two hours before flying to Oklahoma City. Because they got there and they had to roll. Professor Lovato does a seminar, as you can attest, and you have attested. And you're often a, a massive... You were the one that showed me his DVDs and were like, you have to see this. You have to watch this. And you and I digested it in L.A. And that's uh-huh. the type of crazy in terms of your fandom is mine and our nerdiness. But Professor Lovato teaches a system every time he goes into a seminar. It's unbelievable. It's impressive. And it's a cool way to do it. But this one was a very strict. Here's what I've been doing for the last two and a half years. Here's how I put this thumb and grip across and how I work it for multiple positions. And he started from the dominant position backward. Super awesome. It was badass. I got to work with Andrew Vu, who is a magician in the lighter weights. Raph, uh, I'm overwhelmed with how far jujitsu has come while I have been slapped footing around, getting injured, being a pans. <clears throat> I'm back. The Oscars are seemingly catching up to jiu-jitsu, but I'm nervous. I've missed some things in, a, in an irreparable, <laughs> irreparable way. <laughs> Thanks wow. to Whitbar, Professor Lovato, Professor Jubera, and Andrew Vu for teaching me a ton in the last few weeks. Okay, that's it for me. I'm set. Look at you. And I would like to Professor uh, Lovato shout out myself because I would like to point out something. I think it's rude that Kevin <laughs> didn't tell me. And what did you tell him last a- time, Raph, when I told you I was attending his seminar? What'd you tell mm-hmm. him? What'd you tell him? I, I said maybe play a funny on Kevin and don't teach him any of the moves now i understand you pay into a seminar and that's like something like is a problem but i didn't know he would actually do it i felt like i can't he slept be held responsible for i felt him. like he slept on some things i felt like he was like you know raf's my friend i gotta chill on some moves here he's not wrong that's just how I felt. in my defense kevin was coming <laughs> and this was when he was abled to do things <laughs> and too he, soon too soon he well, you were you were at one of your peak uh athletic jujitsu moments and i was like okay cool cool kevin's coming there he's coming to rip my head off should lovato <laughs> teach him things because that's an extra assistance in my head no, that's a performance not. enhancing drug <laughs> is taking a lovato <laughs> seminar and i wanted you checked for it and i wanted LRT. it stricken from the record so having him not teach you moves was a fair thing to do and kevin was very hurt not by the fact that yes he still taught him but that lovato got a bigger laugh than him and that is on the record 
enjoy walking <laughs> in there. It is. Yeah. It is. He did crush with it. Anyway, I think, oh because my I was God. like, that was really You should see his hand, by the way. He was mm-hmm. like, why are you wearing an MMA glove? <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, no. for the exact opposite reason you are. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so, so as to protect my hand from anything. And he holds up his right hand. He's like, I think he goes, so you had surgery because he's an astute human being. And I was like, yes. He's like, oh, I think I'm headed there. His finger is like got a joint too low. There is an alien bone. And it was like, oh, my God, are you beating people with that? Oh, I'm a pansy ass. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my injury's nothing. You're insane. That's how I felt. I mean, that's usually the way I feel when I talk to him, too. So he's it's not that he old. is huge, Rav. Like, he's a he's, big guy. God damn. He, anyway. Uh, he did a I fun thing to... where he dropped on one of our flexible guys, and I was like, <laughs> I clapped. It's like, yeah. Johnny Coombs was there. It was great. It was great. I just want to make sure that everybody knows what we just did and acted out for you was not a bit. Kevin did not legitimately tell me. And this is real. It's one thing to, it was real. And not only did you not tell me, but you made a point when I didn't know anything to say, Oh, someone's coming, and I'm making it a point not to tell you who. Now, that should be clue enough to tell you what's going on, but I just wanted to point out that Kevin was just being so rude and so unnecessary with that that I was just like, um, I wouldn't have known any better. So it's not like it wouldn't have been, oh, I get it. Kevin hates me. Okay. To my defense, you do normally know things. So I was. And, And I'm just, I told Kevin, it's very weird that. I wouldn't know where Lovato would be. It's, and that's why you should check out Early Late Night. Raph's focused. This is what happened to Gary Tonin. This is why I whipped his ass at Over Under. <laughs> Raph is back. He's like, I got to write comedy. So that's where his head is. And I'm going to take full advantage. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> not hard to follow social media and see where he's at at certain times. So when Kevin thinks that he's He like, was on vacation. I just would, that's why I knew you wouldn't just, know. He wasn't posting at all. <laughs> He He wasn't posting at all. He just happened to be competing on a fight to win. And then he left. And then he didn't do anything, though. And then he wasn't Mm -hmm. like, hey, can't wait for my seminar. He just bounced. Mm -hmm. I got it. It was the perfect darkness. There was no way to get it. This is a very seldom. Raph, your turn for some shout outs. (laughs) You know what? I think we've run out of time for shout outs. It's so spiteful, this podcast. It's like people are like, oh, God, these guys are real about it. It's like, yes. You know what? I'll do this. Okay. Uh, shout out uh, Valley Martial Arts Center. BMAC. Got to teach this week. Uh, the drilling class. Thanks to everybody who came. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know that I certainly enjoyed teaching it. So uh, we look to do that a little bit more. If you guys are competing at PANS, please get in touch with me. I'm going to be there. I, I don't know exactly what days and whatnot. Uh, say hello to me. I'm going to put up a post. Tell me when and where you're competing so I can at least try to see it. It's gonna be and I may have a camera on me. I'm not sure. We're gonna find out. Uh, so waiting to hear back on that. And then um, let me see. Uh, LA Jiu Jitsu Club training Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. And uh, thanks to all the guys and, and gals who have pitched in their time uh, for the revamp of Early Late Night. It's a fun show. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. It is all digital. Um, again, follow us subscription on. YouTube early late night. That's where you'll probably see most things 
early late night on Facebook, early late night on Instagram. And big, big news, please follow us at earlylatenight.com and support us on Patreon. All right. Before I leave, because you took it down a negative angle, I'm going to say a positive angle. My final shout-out, Kevin. Do you know who my final shout-out goes to? Ooh, this could be tough. Jay Leno? I wish. I mean, <laughs> I mean tune in. You never know if he shows up or not. Uh, my final shout-out here, Kev. Uh, this has Oscar related to it, and I didn't talk about it on the early late night show, but I want to talk about it here because I think it's a good place to do it. I want to say something. There is a great photo of Keegan Michael Key celebrating and jumping up the minute his writing partner, Jordan Peele, won an Oscar. So my note for y'all, and you can take this or leave it or whatever, but if you are looking to be one of my best friends. If you can't be like Keegan Michael Key, I don't want you in my life because that <laughs> motherfucker was so happy for his best friend. You can and see his face. Who's it's so play? great to see people happy for one another. And so the caveat to that is because it sounds like a very forward statement. Like I expect you to always be cheering for me. Uh, the return is always, I will be cheering for you. So know that, most of the people who are in my inner circle know that. But I think that's a pretty cool thing. So don't just apply it to myself or Kevin, uh, who would easily be cheering for one another. I would cheer for him. He would cheer for me. But apply it to people who you know and think of it like that. And if you steal my line, I'm going to come after you like Tom DeBlass. I'm going to put a quotation mark over your quotation mark because, motherfucker, I know what I said. I said it. <laughs> I, what a great And that'll rap. do it for me because, motherfucker, we, we're done. <laughs> We would, we should, and I am excited for the launch of Early Late Night. Throw your hands up. Verbal Tap fans, thank you so much. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Be back. Good night, good fight. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is